Well, welcome back, everybody. We are back in business. It's been a while, Father Dave. Yeah. Everybody, I want to let you know that my first, like, my initial desire and reaction to putting this podcast together, well, I had very little interest in doing it, and Costa has manipulated me into doing it. Now I don't mind doing it. And for the last month, I have been saying, hey, when are we going to get together and do another episode? Because the people want it. <laughs> I have a pulse for the people. And Costa kept ignoring me, avoiding me, running away from me. And now we're here. The, the gist of what you're saying is true. I've just been busy. And, and I have to say, you really haven't been around much. Even since, like, you know, before Easter. Irrelevant. This is true. I'll tell you, this is a true story. He, there was a student <laughs> in my office this week, and you came to the door, and she looked at you and said, I thought this was your primary job. <laughs> she did say that, actually. I was so stunned when she said it, too. Because <laughs> you're, really, you're very rarely here anymore. There's always things you have to do. But, I, uh, hey, this is cool. It's irrelevant. Yeah, and I've been carrying you on my shoulders. Well, <laughs> A man needs oh, his there, rest. there's such irony in that statement. <laughs> so I will tell you this. Yesterday was another day where you had like something to do. I think you called it like spiritual direction. Okay, like <laughs> whatever that is. So, um, so that left me with the job of doing SJB bingo. That's right. With, with the with the juniors, we had a special day here yesterday for the juniors. It's a moment for you. It was a moment. So I was, you know, I, I was doing it, and, and our other campus minister, Miss Madalena, was was helping me with it. But on the bingo card itself, in the center <laughs> is a picture of Father Dave. That's like the wild card or whatever. You can make that be whatever you want to be. The free space. The free space. There you go. So there's actually a picture of you doing it. Uh, a picture of you rather. And so I start off with this cafeteria <laughs> full of juniors and said, I am so thankful that you get to put an X through Father Dave's face. <laughs> but do you know they booed me? <laughs> I said, wait a minute. The takeover is happening, everyone. Nobody boos me. <laughs> I said, well, I was like, also, they're nice now. That's it. I bribe them all with food and coffee. Well, you do that. That's and you true. know that. Yeah. I mean... Hopefully they don't end up with diabetes and, you know, an addiction to coffee. The lasting gift from Father Dave. <laughs> it's not salvation of souls, it's caffeine addiction. <laughs> so I do want to mention something I had seen um, on Palm Sunday, because we haven't, we haven't spoken since Palm Sunday. It's been Sunday. a while. Yeah. You have neglected the people for the, this entire month of the resurrection of our Lord. I was deep in prayer for a month. <laughs> so I had seen this meme, and it's like these four symbols. And it, it, these symbols start with Jesus entering Jerusalem, mm -hmm. and then it's the Last Supper, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. Mm -hmm. You know, so the, the various dynamics in, in that week. Sure. And, but that was also opening week for the Mets. <laughs> and the Mets weren't allowed to play baseball because of COVID, Right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They started and, their season off that way. Yeah, yeah. And we know what it's like to be a Met fan. We have, we've complained, we've lamented about this on these podcasts before. And I'm thinking, that is the meme for the Met fan, except there's no resurrection. <laughs> like, it starts <laughs> off great. Spring training is like hope's eternal. And then next thing you know, we're in Good Friday, but there's no Easter Sunday for the That's Mets. That's right. We're in an eternal Holy Saturday. Pretty much. A longing. Uh, absolutely. 
So, and then last night, they let up two runs. It was on a strikeout. You know, they... they no, they, they always... I got to be honest with you. They always find a way to yeah. break your heart. And it's new, and it's heart and gut-wrenching, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, we talk about Mickey Owen giving up a pass ball that let uh, <laughs> they, they lost the World Series. This wasn't as bad as that, but there was a, a wild pitch last night, two-run score, we lose two to one. Yeah. On a strikeout. That was great. It really just gives you... What is that, that, that feeling of restlessness? Because oh, you never yeah. know what's going to happen. Oh, and angst yeah. and nervousness and fear about facing the world. And the, only, and the only time that I have comfort is when DeGrom is pitching. But then when we get to the later innings, I'm not worried about how he's going to handle the later innings. Yeah. I'm worried about how management is going to handle him in mm-hmm. the later innings. Because they will inevitably find a way to blow it if he's throwing a no-hitter. <laughs> Do you know on on their opening night, I was doing um, with our, uh, our our youth minister for the diocese, Nolan Reynolds. We were doing a thing on Facebook Live, and it was the Met game had already started, and 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 Nolan, you know Nolan well. I love Nolan. Huge, yeah, he's guy. a huge Met fan. So we Big we Met commiserate fan. about this. Oh yeah. And and I said, by the time we're done with this, Degrom would have pitched really really well, but the Mets would not have scored runs, and he's either going to get a no decision or a loss. <laughs> And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. I was watching you know, what I said the next day, it and was, it, was, it was prophetic. It, yeah. Yeah. But, on, but it's not like I know a lot about baseball. Any Met fan could have made that prediction. <laughs> yeah. It's like the most obvious thing. <laughs> Lordy. Every now and again, when Nolan and I get together, mm-hmm. we, will, <laughs> we will just spontaneously just run through Met names you know, of players that we all loved, but we're never really Hall of Famers. That's almost all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you get the guys like Mackie Sasser, Rico Bronya, <laughs> Butch Husky. And then like it just spirals into guys that were like, you know, half a season wonders, yeah, not yeah, even yeah. a full year. Yeah. And it's like, it's hysterical. This guy's a five-tool player. He's the next Barry Bonds. Yeah. He's the next Mickey Mantle. And, you know, Alex Ochoa put a decent season together but yeah. i remember him being yeah, i love it it never it never pans out no and then when but we you, end up loving these guys when you leave the mets that's when you become good yeah you know yeah, exactly there's a guy playing for the a's right now uh jed lowry mm-hmm. jed rowley took a lot of money for two years and i'm not saying it was his fault <laughs> but could not play baseball he's playing with the a's having a great season this year yep yeah so yeah. It's 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 my cross. It's our cross. We all share this cross. It is. Yeah. Well, listen, today is May 1st, um, and it is the, the beautiful feast day of St. Joseph the Worker. And before we, we had a, uh, you know, uh, Costa really wanted to uh, touch base on, you know, Easter themes in the last month of uh, of the Easter season. But today, I really wanted to start off with uh, acknowledging uh, our beautiful stepfather uh, in St. Joseph. Being that it is the year of St. Joseph, and I know that there are many people, not just in this country or uh, in this diocese, but all over the world, who are making their consecration today through St. Joseph, this beautiful book, The the Consecration to St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father, by Father Donald H. Calloway. Um... Uh, it's a beautiful book, and it's a beautiful meditation, and it's really, uh, you know, the, the consecration is uh, 
<clears throat> it takes after he he does the consecrations that uh, that he the writes that the books that he writes on the consecrations is all formed after um, Saint Louis de Montfort and mm -hmm. his consecration to the Blessed Mother um, and to our Lord. And um, day twenty four, I would like to just focus on one particular version, being that Saint uh, that today is the feast day of Saint Joseph the Worker. On day twenty four of this consecration. Um, the title of the day for the meditation is Model of Workmen, uh, St. Joseph, Model of Workmen. And I just want to read to you some of what is on the, uh, the theme for this day. He quotes uh, St. John Paul II first by saying, At the workbench where he, St. Joseph, plied his trade together with Jesus, Joseph brought human work closer to the mystery of the redemption. He goes on to say that the devil hates an honest and diligent worker. At the beginning of human history, the wicked serpent initiated his attack on the human family in the workplace. That is, the garden that God gave Adam and Eve to tend and keep. Lucifer hates work. He particularly disdains the fact that, because of love, God humbled himself and became a man, making himself capable of manual labor. Jesus spent many years in St. Joseph's workshop, diligently working. It was in preparation for his re-entering man's original workshop, a garden, the Garden of Gethsemane specifically and accomplishing the work of our redemption. And then he closes out with a particular quote from Pope Pius XI. He, St. Joseph, belongs to the working class, and he bore the burdens of poverty for himself and the Holy Family, whose tender and vigilant head he was. I think I would just like to take a moment here to just reflect on Whatever it is that we do for a living, that there is a beautiful grace and a dignity um, and, a, and a source of holiness that can be found in what we might consider to be boring, lackluster, and monotonous uh, work day in and day out. Uh, as you guys know, my father uh, delivered uh, Thomas's English muffins for a living uh, for a very long time, and, uh, and we were on the, on the truck together. And he understood, I mean, he loved what he did and, uh, you know, he, he, he liked what he did because he was able to be his own boss to a certain extent. Um, he was able to make very good money for the family. Uh, it was, it was uh, something that he could do to provide for the family. But he also understood it as his, uh, his call to holiness. There was a lot of quiet time in the truck, a lot of miles that he had to drive. And so there was a lot of prayer time for him in the silence of driving on the expressway or Sunrise Highway. Um, you know, he, he prayed the rosary a lot. He, uh, anytime he passed a church, he would say a prayer. And it was part of his role of, uh, he understood that that's where, for him, he was able to enter into holiness um, and grace. There was a dignity to that work. I, th I think what, what that's reminding me of is, is something from Catholic social teaching, which I love so much, is that 
the value of work is not in the thing that is done, not in the pr production right. of the work. It's in the person doing the work. The only mm. value of work is in the person doing the work. Yes. And you just reminded me of that um, a little bit, which is so beautiful because we um, live in such a, a stratified world where, where value judgments are made based on what a person does for a living. Yeah. As if that means anything. Right. You know? Right. Um, Sort the, the amount of income one makes somehow has become um, a prestige thing, and and I'm saying somehow has become. I think it's been like that for a long time. I don't think that's new. Think about people who work in the home, and yeah. I, don't, I don't mean working out of the home like a pandemic thing. I mean whose job it is to raise a family. Yeah, you know yeah. the value in it is is the person doing the work. Um, sure. And and I think you said it well in in our ability to to commune with God and, and give that meaning is yeah. um, is a beautiful gift when when we can realize that no matter no matter what it is we're doing it's valuable because we're doing it not yeah. because of the thing being done. Yeah, mom and dad. Um, also, too, uh, just to kind of add to this is, yeah, it might be rote, it might be routine, but there's a lot of value in the fact that when you know you and I get up to uh, tackle our responsibilities, whether we see them as important for the whole community or world or not, you're, we're teaching the, our young people, we're teaching our children uh, responsibility. Mm. We're teaching them uh, that there's a, a, a dignity to provide mm -hmm. um, and, and, to, and to think about other people. Like when parents are... Yeah, I know. We know. Like there are days we don't want to get out of bed, mm -hmm. and when we do it, it's for the others that are in the house. A lot is uh, uh, being communicated to the younger generation, just in the fact that, you know, uh, a you know a man or a woman getting up to take care of their responsibilities mm -hmm. is providing great examples. Oh, absolutely. For the and stability. Yeah. You know, and comfort. Yeah. So it really is. It's a beautiful feast day. And um, and I, I think one that's needed, yeah, you know, for us to be able to really appreciate what what work is and the value of work. Sure, yeah. and so you know, mom and dad, um, you know, and for those of you who are already working in the work uh, in the work world in the, in the force, um, maybe we could just ask Saint Joseph to intercede for us mm -hmm. um, to give us the mindset that what we're doing, even though it might not seem like it's making a difference or changing the world or going to get us on the cover of the paper or, you know, on TV, uh, you know, or any coverage at all, there is dignity to it, uh, yeah. and there's, a, a, there's holiness to it. You know, taking this Joseph thing slightly different than the worker aspect, thinking more of St. Joseph holistically, and, and thinking about the example he gave to Jesus, I, I'm really struck by, like, what preceded that is his dreams were blown up. Like, we always, we know, always know how the story ends. No matter what yeah. the story is, we know how it ends. <clears throat> but, you know, he, his, his life was shattered when, um, when he found out that Mary was expecting, mm -hmm. and that wasn't his child, you know? Yeah. So, the, so as you were reading that, I was thinking, he really had to have experienced some healing, that he, oh, was, able, yeah. that he was able to do that. Um, and, and be that example for Jesus, and then ultimately the example for us, 
because it's not like his life was a bed of roses leading up to it. And that's really almost with anybody that we read about yeah. in, 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 the, in the Catholic Church and the saints. None of them had it easy. Yeah. Um, but I'm th- I was just thinking particularly of him. And then that moment of grace and healing yeah. came with the message of an angel. And we might not get that message mm-hmm. from an angel yeah. in a dream or anything like that. But that's how the Lord communicated to Joseph. Yeah. How does he communicate to us when we need that healing? Yeah. You know? The template is there. I was thinking of a mistake I made once. I was in a uh, in a college seminary, so I did my undergrad work, and just talking at dinner one night. Might have been around March nineteenth. I don't know. And I guess I said Saint Joseph was my favorite saint. And the response I got was speaking to my perceived and probably actual gullibility. Was um, well, Rich, we, that doesn't surprise me, because if your fiance told you that she was a uh, that she was pregnant that you weren't the father and she was a virgin, you'd believe her too. <laughs> so that one comment took me down, took Joseph down, <laughs> right at the knees. So anywho, um, so we're still in the Easter season. Yeah. 50 days of Easter. Um, yeah. We were celebrating longer than we were... Than we were um, um, in Lent. In Lent, thank yeah. you. And um, one of the, the I, I, reading a, a whole number of things, um, I, I was really struck by this, and it was speaking to the experience that we have on Holy Saturday. Mm-hmm. So we've come out of the Triduum, and, and you know, going back to that meme I was talking about earlier, joking around about the Mets, but that really is a, a volatile week of emotion. Um, if we really make an attempt to enter into it, you know, the joy of Palm Sunday, um, the, this recognition that this, this Jesus really is the Messiah, the one who's going to save us, followed so quickly by him being turned on, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, I, I am almost, as I've gotten older, I almost find it, I don't want to say frightening, but very disconcerting. You know, the, the things that I might have taken... Uh, without really reflecting on them at a younger age of, okay, today's Holy Thursday, that's the Last Supper, and then we have Good Friday, and that's when he dies. But as I've kind of entered into it more, um, this feeling of, of great uncomfortableness and sorrow, mm-hmm. of that, like in anticipation, these things would have kind of come up. And then, then we get to Holy Saturday, and now that's behind us, right? And we know that Easter Sunday and the redemption is, is the next day. Um, but I had read this thing, and it was asking the question, do we live in Holy Saturday? Are our lives perpetually Holy Saturday? Where we know that the bad stuff is behind us, but have we embraced the good stuff, mm. right? Have we embraced <clears throat> the redemption and the reality of, yeah. of the redemption? Um, and then the question is, if not, like if we're always waiting, then, then how do we do that? Yeah. A- another thing that was happening simultaneously is a friend of mine lent me um, a-, a book on Memento Mori. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's Remember Your Death. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a spirituality that's really, really beautiful. And I've kind of dove into it a little bit. And, and the, the gist of it is, and I'm probably going to do a miserable job explaining it because I'm kind of new to it a little bit, but it's this idea that you know, if we always remember that our death is inevitable, that it, it, it could be any day, it could be today. Today could be the last day. Not in a morbid sense right. at all. Right. In this, this sense of, number one, <clears throat> great anticipation that 
that the next life is going to be so much better than we can ever imagine. Number one. Number two, living this life um, with, with, um, with intentionality. Yeah. You know, intentionality for the simple things around us and, and also for, for following Jesus. So I was trying to pair that up with this idea, am I always in Holy Saturday? And, and see, what, what, you know, what can we do? To, to not always be in Holy Saturday, to actually yeah. be living in as best we can the, the resurrection. Yeah, no, I, I think that's an important theme. Yeah. The third week of Easter was right after Divine Mercy Sunday. Mm-hmm. I had found out uh, back that Monday night, I had to give last rites to my aunt who suddenly you know, passed away. And she was a good, holy woman. Uh, and she was a lot of fun. I like when you, when you think about somebody who who kind of really internalized and really expressed what a relationship with Jesus Christ was like, you could put her face on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just just a beautiful person, had a, just a lot of joy for life. Um, so it was, a very, uh, it was a very emotional week a few weeks ago. Um, and I think one of the graces that kind of flowed out of that, uh, not to you know, n- not to uh, shortchange, the, you know, the, the, the sorrow that we all have, but trying to look at that, like, as you were saying, um, I think she inspired within a lot of us uh, in, in the family this desire to, to realize that at any moment it could happen. Are you ready, you know, spiritually? Are you ready to resolve issues? At least that, that's how, I'm not going to speak for the rest of my family. Mm-hmm. I'll speak for me. That there were, there were people that I reached out to after, uh, after really kind of settling with this moment and said things to, you know, had spoken things to them that were only in my heart, mm-hmm. you know, that were, you know, uh, so what you I needed to do. took advantage of that time. Took advantage that of that moment. time. At that moment. Yeah. Um, because I didn't know if I was going to get that chance, and, right. and it wasn't in a morbid way, because yep. I had seen, I had seen how the Lord was using her, um, to really impact me to impact others. Mm-hmm. You know that I, I just think about John's line uh, where Jesus in John's Gospel where Jesus says, "Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it mm-hmm. does not produce mo- a fruit." Right, and that's exactly what I had felt at that moment personally. In that it's like I got to take advantage of this, you know. The um, the 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 other part to that too is without it being a uh, a necessarily uh, death we're dealing with. What can we do um, in in every day? Sure. To to, to understand yeah. that. Um, and there was I was reading. Uh, excuse me. Watching last night, uh, and we've talked about him before. Um, Monsignor Albacetti. Mm-hmm. You know, from kind of known for communion and liberation, um, and he was talking about the story from John's Gospel, the man born blind. I didn't even tell you this. I was watching this last night. So this morning, I was, you know, praying because I had to wake up on a Saturday morning and see you. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you were and you were praying out of a source, of, a sense of gratitude that your day would, your weekend would start off in such a way. No, that's exactly it. Um, <laughs> I really, I really do have like an amazing wife. We were talking yesterday. She said, "What, what, what are we? You know, what's the weekend looking like?" Because we're always busy. You know, yeah. there's always, always stuff hey, to yeah. do. I said, "Actually, I'm getting up early to go see Father Dave so we can record." <laughs> that's the kind of life I have. She says, "Okay, that's fine." 
<laughs> because she knows that I'm good for your soul. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what were we talking about? You were talking about... The man born blind. Yes. So Monsignor Alba said he... he Guys, he, I, it's amazing how quickly I tune him out. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly I tune me out, <laughs> to be honest. So um, he was telling me, he said, you know, the guy's just sitting there. You know, um, he's not really, he's not doing anything. He's not looking to be healed. He's just sitting there. He was born blind. He has no other understanding. He, you know, he, he has this conception that people see. And, and the next thing you know that there's people discussing his condition right there, mm-hmm. right? Well, was it his father's fault? Was it his mother's fault? And, and, and then Jesus arrives on a scene who he may or may not have heard of, who then just like puts mud in his eyes and tells him, okay, go clean the mud out of your right, eyes. Right. You have to, I'll put the link up on our Facebook uh, site, Locust and Wild Honey, because it's, it's really funny the way he tells it, and I'm not uh, trying to, to be him. Um, but but it, all, it all comes down to the guy can't explain it because the whole narrative after that oh this is what i want to tell you i i uh, totally lost my train of thought um <laughs> this morning when i was praying there we go so i stopped to insult you and then <laughs> but anyway i turned to john's gospel that was the passage that came up you hear about those things sometimes mm-hmm. but that was the that was the passage that came up it's like john 8 or something so anyway i thought that was amazing and Afterwards, after he's healed and he's being questioned, well, how did this happen? It was the Sabbath, and, and the, the Pharisees very unwilling to understand that this was the work of God. You know, there, there has to be some nefarious spirit or something at work. And, and the guy goes, all I could tell you is that I was blind and now I can see. Mm. You know, because yep. he was there and, and he was present. And, and that was really in, in taking all of these thoughts and trying to come up with something uh, regarding not staying in Holy Saturday. Um, I, I think it's this option we have, and it's an option if we want to be present to God, saying, Go, you know, God, work at me, ha- work in me, however you want. And that idea of surrender, and we've talked about this yeah. before, surrendering. Uh, to God, it, it it might not be what I want to do. It might not be the direction I want to take. Um, but that total surrender, you work in me how you want. And I think that's what leads to the understanding of, of Easter Sunday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I and I and, and I agree. And I think we we have a participation to play mm-hmm. in accepting the spirit of the resurrection. Yes, it it comes from the Lord. We we cannot uh, attain that on our own. No. Uh, you know, that, that's all him. We have to work from the place of, how do I respond to that now? Yep. You know, that, that, and am I willing there. to respond to and it? Because it, it might not be what I want. Right. You know? Right. We, were, we did these retreats uh, this past week on Fire Island. If you're not f- from um, this area, it's, it's a, a beach community. We were taking the seniors over. It was a wonderful week, and we could talk about that forever. Um, but our, our other campus minister... Uh, Jess Madalena was was talking about um, how God has intervened in her life, taking it in directions that she did not intend to go. Right. You know, um, it started with college, and then it went through different volunteer opportunities. But but having you know having that that trust in God, um, and I'm yeah. sure we've both experienced things sure. where we we thought we were doing God's will, but it it didn't work out that way. And there's a, there can be a real resistance to that. You know, and, and I think particularly if we're from a culture that is self-determinant, 
uh, very much how ours is. Yeah. You know, I'm going to yeah. fight, and not necessarily in a bad way, but I'm going to keep on plugging away. I'm going to I'm going to keep going at this. Um, I'm I'm going to make it work. And there's a lot to be said to that, to to fortitude and strength. Yeah. And yeah. persistence. But there also comes a, a point where you have to say, God, what's going on? What what can I do to submit to your will? Because it's at that point that's when I'm going to be happiest. And I, and I think the man born blind is just a beautiful uh, example of that. You know, he just submitted yeah. to it and said, I, I don't know what happened, but now I can see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I think too, going like as we kind of journey through the Easter season into Pentecost, uh, uh, and then into the long dog days of summer mm-hmm. for the liturgical year into ordinary time of embodying the resurrected, the spirit of the resurrection within us. Uh, I think there were just practical things that we can do to kind of foster that. Well, one, obviously, is to stay attentive in prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when we're not feeling it, even when we feel like it's our dry. spirit is dry, yeah. um, to persist in that because how many countless moments have have I had or have we had where we persevere through that you know where our where we where we bring ourselves to the table just being there putting ourselves in his presence uh, even if we don't feel it even if we're not yeah. motivated by it and the word is spoken to us or we have just, and a slight experience of uh, wow, he is listening to me at this moment. Yeah, it's profound. It gets us. It gives us the juice to just get through the day. Yep. You know. And and I think there it, it can become scary too, because if if we really commit ourselves to just being present in that moment, I, I think we start to fall deeper into a relationship with Jesus. That honestly can be scary because okay, where is where is this going? Mm-hmm. So you're not married, right? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I haven't seen you in a while. I didn't know <laughs> what was happening. So I, but I, I think obviously I am, and and I think when you you start really to think about the person who you're you're dating, and I'm you know thinking of my wife, it's like th- this seems like it's going in a direction unlike any other. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's getting deeper, and there's a great joy in that. There's a great anticipation yeah. that, but there's there's also a little fear, and I, I think this is probably a universal thing. It's like, all right, if I'm going to dive deeper into this, it's it's going to be a little bit uh, at times disconcerting because I have to give up a little bit of myself, and I, and I think the deeper we get into the relationship with with Jesus, I think it could be a very very similar thing. It's like, how far is this going to go? Yeah, you know, yeah. and what is this going to take me to? And and it, will there be certainty all the all the t- all the time? It's like, well, no. Yeah, right. There's not going to be certainty. You just look at the the apostles. Yeah, you know, right. For, for for examples of that, because sometimes they didn't even know what Jesus was talking about. Right. You know. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 really being present in in that moment. Um. Not to sound all cliche-ish, um, but it, it's one way to to really to move ahead with this not staying in Holy Saturday idea. Yeah, I think, you know? I think uh, some other practical um, uh, ideas uh, or, or guides is breaking open the scriptures. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for those of you who think that, like, underlining the Bible, you know, like underlining passages or uh, is like a form of desecration, it's not. Because if you are reading the Word of God, 
and that is your Bible. And like the Lord speaks or tugs on something in your soul, underline that because that is something he spoke to you. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a moment to cherish and to go back to over and over again. Um, to, uh, there's one priest, uh, he's got a, a line, and I love it. He's out in uh, Pennsylvania, Father Larry Richards. He's, I, I love listening to him. He smacks you right between the eyes with uh -huh. the gospel. And he just says, no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no, bre uh, no, no, Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. Okay. Um, and he just says, just do something. Just read one passage. Sure. Because he's like, we will make sure that we will attend to brushing our teeth or getting our meal in mm -hmm. or, or doing what we have to do throughout the course of the day, things that we need or want to do, but that should be the most important thing that we do. Yep. And I think it helps us transition from our religion as an idea or as you were quoting this, was it um, Pope Benedict uh, from a series of ideas or from, from, a, from a philosophy? You were doing this. You talked about this a few weeks ago. You had yeah, this yeah, quote. Yeah. You know, yeah, it Pope moves Benedict. us from there to to an encounter. Yeah. You know, yeah. Exactly. An, mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So the you know the Bible is not just a, a series of words or you know weird stories. Yeah. It becomes alive to us. Yeah. Where our Lord is really speaking to us. You know what helps too, and it's ironic saying this on a podcast is. Not necessarily listening to us, but there's like a lot of really good Catholic podcasts out there. Yes, you know, and, and, and I and would say that we're on the bottom of that list. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like so, I feel like this is a purgatorial experience, or or maybe even some would say a hellish experience for those who listen to us. I, I do feel bad for you, <laughs> but there are other ones out there, and there one are, of them great. I was texting you last week because one of your, your friends, um, Father P.T., a Franciscan Friar the Renewal up in the Bronx, uh, they have one called Poco a Poco. Yeah, great guy, but he can't play basketball, that's for sure. It's funny, in the last one he was talking about basketball, and I was thinking, uh, I was thinking I about that. I dominated him. Yeah. He'll, he'll deny that. Um, but, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of good ones. The Sisters of, of Life have one. That's a really good one. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, Father Mike Schmitz. So, so check, you know, check out different things because I, I find if, if uh, we have to be attentive to the news, and I'm not saying we should put our heads under a blanket, but, but boy, I waste a lot of time listening to stuff on the radio or that is really not that useful. You know, yeah. when, you know, if I'm listening to the sports radio and, and, you know, Joe from Queens calls up to, you know, <laughs> complain about the Mets, kind of like we do, <laughs> it's like, there's only so much of that you can hear. It's just exactly. not really fruitful or helpful. Right. Uh, <laughs> I really feel my soul going stagnant after a while. As my friends call it, you listen to too much old man radio. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. Know? <laughs> uh, but I think other things, too. There are, like, obviously, any devotion to the Blessed Mother. Yeah. Um, spiritual reading mm -hmm. of some sort. There are so many great resources out there. And if you ever are looking and are looking for guides, reach out to us. Yeah. And we will definitely point you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Just give us a, a little background of, as to like what you're looking for and and hopefully we could be able to provide a resource for you. Yeah, they they really are. And we, we do get exposed to a lot. So that's that's a really good point. Yeah. Just you know, reach out to us. The the information at the end of this podcast is on the Facebook site and we're we're happy to help with that. Um Thinking about the rosary, and I, I've talked to you about this before, a friend turned me on to one of my favorite people on the planet is Vin Scully, the, the Dodger oh, great, announcer, but great. he does the rosary. So yeah. I was listening to it on the way this morning. Yeah. You know, and, and then I, it's weird because I've listened to it so much. Now when I hear him do a baseball game, it's like odd. Now I know he's retired, <laughs> but you hear uh, replays and stuff. Yeah. yeah and yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, wait, that's the guy from the rosary. <laughs> <laughs> it really should be like the opposite way around. Yeah. No, there were so many great resources out there, and... Uh, the and chosen. 
the chosen is another one. Um, yeah. And I would I would say this too. Um, praying for friendships and relationships that you can enter into conversation about how God is working in your life. Mm-hmm. I know that might sound really odd or cheesy, but it's there's depth to it because when inevitably when you're speaking about how God is working in your life, I'm not saying you have to share your entire soul, but there's a level of depth to that kind of a conversation that's different than any kind of chatter, whether it be about sports mm-hmm. or about your job, uh, because it it becomes more personal. It becomes uh, it, it brings vulnerable, vu- yeah, vulnerability into it, and there's depth mm-hmm. uh, and there's a foundation uh, of friendship that is uh, rooted there, um, where you know you're not alone. You know that God is working in other people's lives, and where where two or three are gathered in the name of, like that, he is present. And so uh, there becomes this spirit where our Lord then becomes present in relationships where he is the main focus. That's so cool you said because it's like God arriving. It's like, yes, that's who you are. Yeah. You're, you're, you're surrendering. You're being vulnerable. Um, you're letting yourself see you. You're letting another see you, and, 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 and I could see you. Yeah, how many how times cool have we had great conversations at the diner, around yeah. a, a fire pit, yeah. you know, uh, uh, in between basketball games? Mm-hmm. Like, it's that doesn't have to be like we go to the chapel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I think these are all different ways that we can respond mm-hmm. to the spirit of the resurrection that our Lord has gifted us, uh, gifted this world mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago with. So we, we hope that some uh, some things or there are some, some things there for you to, to chew on. Um, and I, and these are just not to be, I don't think either of, us trying, either of us are trying to be preachy. We're just living this as, as we're going through it. Well, so I can just, speak for myself and say that I'm not being preachy, but as for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think we have to end it because I'm like, I'm very concerned you need to be somewhere in 10 minutes. That's a place that's not here. <laughs> So, guys, have a beautiful day. Uh, may Through the intercession of St. Joseph the Worker, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be with you, guide you, and protect you. Have a great day, guys. If you would like to contact Father Dave or me, please follow us on Facebook at Locusts and Wild Honey. We appreciate your comments on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please tell us what you think and share with your friends.